Well, most of us uh, do have fun going to games, going to events, concerts, or shows, anything where we can kind of sit back and be entertained. It's fun to sit in the stands. Um, these may look maybe like the stands, uh, next picture, um, the stands that you grew up with uh, in, in high school maybe or so. Uh, it's fun to go to those Friday night games, at least here around the Midwest, kind of a big deal, um, and just sit back, relax, and enjoy um, the spectacle, whatever you're going to watch. Um, a fun story uh, that... Um, uh, my wife and I uh, got to kind of experience um, one day she asked me if I wanted to go to a baseball game and I was like, eh, you know, I mean, the major league baseball game, it's cool, but like, I don't know. And so, uh, <laughs> but then she said, well, I got box seat tickets from work to which I'm like, huh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more about these box seat tickets to the Seattle Mariners game. We lived out in Seattle at the time. And she said, well, um, you get nice, comfy, plush seats. You get TVs in there because as if you can't see the game down in front of you, you got TVs to add more to it. And then you get unlimited buffet, all you can eat buffet, and you get all you can drink drinks. And I thought to myself, you know what? Turns out I love baseball. So yeah, let's go. In fact, we even bought Mariner's shirts just to fit in. And before you go judging me, you know you've done something like that before, right? You've never been to a particular game or concert or something, but you bought the shirt just so that you could fit in and feel like a part of the fans. In fact, you don't even have to like the game or that activity so much. If you had box seats, you probably would have gone too, right? Because that sounds just really enjoyable because it's entertaining and it's comfortable uh, to sit in the stands. Now, my concern is, and honestly, I think the concern you too at home should have is that we can also approach church, we can approach faith, and we can approach Sunday mornings from the stands, my concern is this, our, our approach is the same where we sit in the sands and we watch it all happen and then we just kind of leave. To which some of you rightly would say, well, Taylor, what's wrong with that exactly? Because isn't that how it works? Like we come and we sit and we watch you talk and talk and talk. And occasionally you're actually somewhat entertaining, Taylor. But overall, you tell us some convicting things. Sometimes you encourage us and we try to leave a little bit better for it. And so isn't that kind of how this whole thing is supposed to go? But my concern is, and I think sometimes what we miss, is if we only watch the game, we're missing nearly all the benefits of the game. What I want you to be aware of is a couple of factors that play into the dy dynamic of sitting in the stands, okay? And the first one, what we're going to call is what I want you to be aware of, what we're going to call the comfort and entertainment factor, okay? So what I need you to do is I need you to imagine you're going to go to a baseball game and you're going to go to that baseball game and there is not going to be any hot dogs, no beer, no peanuts, no seventh inning stretch, no mascot dancing or shooting, you know, t-shirts out into the stands. You go to a football game, but none of your friends are going to go. You're all alone. Or all of those traveling games that you used to, you're going to right now with your kids. Um, um, your kids aren't even in it, but you're just going. 
Would you even go if your kids weren't in it? Probably not, right? Now, I recognize, and we're all for being hospitable at Infused Church, right? If you even come to our, our, one of our outdoor services, you know, we, this, um, we still have, you know, some snacks, and we safely distribute some snacks and some drinks for you, and um, we try to create an environment that makes you feel at home as if you were just honestly coming into our home. We try to make you smile. We try to take care of your kids so that they have a good time as well um, and, and all those things. And so we try to be hospitable, but, but, but think about this. If you had come or if you can remember one of your first times at Infused, what if we didn't have any of those things? Would, would you still have shown up or would you still have come back? And I don't want to criticize. I'm not trying to shame you for coming back for the wrong reasons, okay? I just want you to be aware that sometimes maybe our driving force to participate in something is because of the comfort and the entertainment factor, not because it actually has a lasting benefit in our lives. The second factor I want you to be aware of that can sometimes happen when we sit in the stands is this right here, the, uh, the involvement factor. Parents, you get this. Parents, you get this because you bring your kids to these events and all this stuff, okay? And then, um, you know, you're already bringing them all these games and traveling here, there, and everywhere. And then you get asked to get involved, to bring the snacks, to drive the carpool with a bunch of other parents' kids, and then you get involved in trying to coordinate everybody's schedule. Or maybe you've been in an environment or a situation where you were just kind of watching the game on the sidelines and stuff, and then you got invited to play, or you got asked to coach, and then you had to practice, and then you had to work out, and then you had to learn. And it's like, maybe this is, a, this is not something I signed up for. This is a whole lot different than the entertaining, comfortable environment that I left sitting in the stands and and we resist it, don't we? In fact, some of us go to great lengths to avoid it because the stands are just safer. The stands are predictable. The stands are a whole lot less risk and a whole lot less work sometimes to just sit in the stands and watch the game rather be involved in the game. And the problem, again, being the fact that it, when it comes to faith in church, we sit there and somebody asks us to get involved to serve or invite some other people or pastor or me to tell you, invite somebody or invite your friends or family, or so they, you know, you feel invite, you're, that you're supposed to give or get in a group. We call it doing something significant, serve, invite, give, and get in a group. Um, and, and so you hear that, but you resist it because that means you have to get out of the comfort zone and into the game a bit more. You have to work if you're going to serve others, right? If you're going to hang out with others, maybe you're going to get in a group, you're going to have to share some of the things about yourself. And, and that makes you vulnerable and that makes you feel uncomfortable. And so you'd rather not. And if you actually got involved in faith, you may have to face some of your behaviors, you have to confront some of the choices that you've been making that aren't that good. And so it's easier not to get involved. It's easier to not get in the game. It's easier just to stay in the stands. And the last factor that I want you to at the very least be aware of so you can decide what you're going to do about it. And this is a factor that I think is it's really, really critical. And so if, if you've kind of dozed off, wake back up. 
or if you've moved me over to another screen or browser, bring back me to front and center on your screen or put the laundry down, whatever it takes. I just need you to pay attention to this one factor that I think upends a cultural norm for us and, and ties a lot of what we've been talking about so far together. And that is what I'm going to call the win factor. I love to win as much as the next guy, okay? That's why I root for the Cyclones, Go State. I know all of you are really excited to hear that, okay? We want to win, right? We all want to root for the winning team. We all go to the stands and hope that our team wins. And so we show up, we show support, we buy the swag, we, we play along, but we're still in the stands. And so if the team we're rooting for wins, here's the problem. We think we won, but that's not true, is it? We didn't win. And you know this, you can't win unless you get in the game. The only people that win are the players who actually played the game. The performers who put on the performance, it's the people who were involved that actually got to experience the real win because they put in the time. They learned the script. They practiced. They were the ones that got the full benefit of being in the game. Now, was it as easy as sitting in the stands? No. Was it as comfortable as sitting in the stands? No, but the players in the game, and you know this, walk away better than they were before. They grow because they got involved. And even when they lose, it's an opportunity to grow. And you're inspired, aren't you, by those players who come out after they lost and say, you know what, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to take back. I'm going to learn. I'm growing. I'm going to get better. And you're like, that's incredible. Good for you. That could be you. Because when it comes to your faith, you need to get in the game. When it comes to your faith, you need to get in the game. You may think you're already in the game, but maybe you need to take a bigger step, a, a, a more intentional step forward. You got to move out of the, uh, this area of your life where you're kind of in the stands and you got to go onto the field, not the sideline. The sideline isn't good enough. You got to be on the field. You got to be engaged with the team. You got to be on the stage, whatever analogy you want to use. You can only learn, and you know this, you can only learn so much about football watching football. You can only learn so much about music watching music or concerts. You can only learn so much about the job you're going to do from the degree you get. But then when you do the actual job, you're like, wow, I actually learned more now that I'm on the job than I did in the degree that I got to get the job. Really, it's like anything in life. When you actually do it, it's a whole new experience and you can take away so much more. So when it comes to your faith, you need to get into the game. The Apostle Paul, uh, who was uh, a, a big time uh, church guy 2,000 years ago. In fact, he helped really start the church. Many historians um, say and credit to Paul that he was really the, the man who took the church from what Jesus started and took it to the next level. 
and he was a Christian leader, he a church starter, and, and he wrote a lot of our New Testament. And he wrote to the church in Ephesus a letter. We've actually read a lot of the church, uh, well, a lot of the letter in Ep- to Ephesus recently. Um, Ephesus is in modern day Turkey, okay? And here's a picture actually, so you kind of have some references. This is the ruins of the city of Ephesus. You can go here today and walk around like these people are. Um, this is a real place. Um, and here in this place, there was a group of Christians who were, uh, what, and that group together was called the church. And uh, Paul wrote to them and addressed this truth about how critical it is we get in the game. And he talks about this principle so many times throughout many of his letters, but I particularly like this one for many reasons, which I hopefully will break down over the next remaining minutes we have. Okay, so here's how Paul begins um, tackling this topic in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He says, so Christ, Jesus himself, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to the church. In other words, he's saying Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gave all of these gifts, these roles to the people who make up the church. Now, unfortunately, we've simplified all these roles into one, this one right here, pastor. But he said, no, no, no. There's all these different roles that you can have within a church. Maybe, maybe you're someone who likes to teach. You could be a teacher. Maybe you're someone who likes to tell people about Jesus. You're just so excited about Jesus. You got to tell people you're an evangelist. Maybe you like to care for people, shepherd people. You're a pastor. Maybe you like to tell people what's up, tell them the truth, tell them the truth of what's happening now and what's going to happen in the future, especially if they continue along their current behavioral path. You're kind of more of a prophet. If you're an apostle, you're kind of person that likes to go out and and fix things and improve things and make it better and want to see the big picture and build a plan and set a vision and and make things uh, better for a large group of people. That's the apostle role. That's why we call Paul the apostle Paul because he impacted so many large communities, big, big impact. Okay. Now, if this sounds too religious for you, I'll 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 put it in a different light. Essentially what what, uh, Paul's saying is here, Jesus says, Uh, Jesus came along and gave to the team, the church. He said, I'm going to give to the team some quarterbacks. I'm going to give to the team some wide receivers, some running backs, some linemen, some coaches, some defensive um, uh, uh, defense. Okay. I'm going to equip you with all that you need, all your gifting. And we need all of you. All of you have to be in the game. Because imagine if, You tried to play a football game and you didn't have any wide receivers. Wouldn't work very well, would it? Now, the wide receivers are the people who are capable of being wide receivers, maybe actually sitting at the game. They're just in the stands, not on the field, which means the team could be better off, but but won't be because the people haven't gotten involved in the game. We need all of you to be involved in the game. In fact, you can go online, you can take an assessment and it'll tell you kind of what gifting and how much in each kind of category you have. You just Google that, okay? And I realize for some of you, you're like, Taylor, I don't feel like I'm a very gifted person. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, but the bottom line is all of us have gifts. Jesus gave them to us and we need to use it because when we do, it helps you and it helps others win. 
And the win is this. This is Paul says, I'm going to give you all these gifting. You have all these rules for the purpose of equipping his people. Jesus is trying to equip his people for works of service. You're trying to serve other people. So you're trying to equip, develop, teach all those. You're going to try to serve everybody. And so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the body, the people who make up the church, the body of Christ is the church. The people who make up the church are better for it. In other words, what he's saying, we're practicing. If you're going to a football practice, this is the practice. What do you do at a practice? You equip, you teach, you try to develop one another, you try to serve your teammates better, don't you? Why? So that you make the entire team better. And Paul's saying, you have giftings. You need to get involved so that you can not only benefit, but you can benefit other people. And when you are a part, that is possible. When you're not, it isn't. And we're going to keep practicing. We're going to keep working at this over and over and over until, he says, until we all, not some of us, not the super smart religious people, not just the pastors, until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. We're going to do this until we all reach the same place of faith and knowledge. In other words, until we all become mature. We become mature in attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ until we become Christ-like. We're all going to work at it together. We're all going to work on it as a team because we're all in the game becoming more Christ-like. I don't know about you. But I'll be honest about me, I need help maturing. I need help to become a better father. Because I don't have all the answers when it comes to fatherhood. But I bet some of you have experienced some of the problems and the challenges that I'm experiencing now a few years ago. And I bet you have some insights that really could benefit me. But until we get together and until we talk about it, we can't grow. We can't share. I know I could mature to become a better husband, a better friend, a better leader. But it's not possible if I'm not in the game. And it's not possible if you're not in the game. Let me tell you, I have never found, I have never found that I've gotten better sitting in the stands. I've never found the answers that I'm looking for, the solutions that I'm looking for sitting in the stands. I've only found it when I've gotten into the game. Because, and I know this seems obvious to you, but I think we so often forget. Game-changing moments don't happen in the stands, they happen in the game. Game-changing moments don't happen in the stands, they happen in the game. Game outcomes are decided by the people on the field. You've watched those games before. One coach, one player makes the bad call or the best call, and it changes the entire outcome. Let me say this a different way. Life-changing moments don't happen in the stands. They happen in the game. And your life is worth it. So you need to get in the game. You need to decide, are you going to engage in your faith? Are you going to engage with your doubts? Or are you going to sit back and expect, sit back in the stands and just expect that for some crazy reason, 
God who's on the field trying to help his team out, trying to serve his team, trying to better his team, that God is just going to throw you the pass, the perfect pass from the field to you as you sit in the stands. And then you're just all going to have it all figured out. Who would do that? What talented, professional, top-notch quarterback would throw the ball to someone in the stands and expect it to improve the game? It wouldn't. God is not going to throw you that perfect pass while you're sitting in the stands. But he will throw it to someone who's in the game practicing, learning, working, and trying to better themselves and be a part of the team. God is in the game. God's trying to help. God's trying to engage with those who are in the game. You, he modeled that perfectly through his son, Jesus. He didn't just stand outside of our world. He got involved. He put skin in the game through Jesus. Jesus came to earth to show us, to teach us, to model us how this looks. He gave us the gifts to be able to do this. We just have to get out of the stands and get on the field. Yeah, but Pastor Taylor, what if, what if I mess up? You know, like I don't really know a lot about God already. I'm not a great Christian. I've done a lot of things in my past. And so I'll be honest, Taylor, I'm a little hesitant about getting involved in the game because I feel totally unqualified for the game. I got some good news for you. In this game, the only losing team are those who don't engage. Because if you get in the game, the faith game, there's going to be setbacks, yeah. You're going to get some things wrong, yep. There's going to be some sin, yep. Mistakes, absolutely. But remember the words of Paul. He said, until we all reach unity, we're all going to work on this together. To help one another. When it's appropriate to carry one another's burdens. To break bread together. To pray for one another. To help one another. I bet you could use some help. I bet you could use someone praying for you. I bet you could use someone to listen. I bet all those things would be good for you. And it's possible. It's possible for us all to achieve that maturity and grow through that when we put our faith in Christ and we get in that game. I think it's most possible. I think your action item, our action item, our takeaway, the best step we can take to get in the game is to get in a group. To get in a group, to sign up for a group. And I know you're going to be like, ah, here's the catch, Taylor. I knew you were leading up to something and here's the moment, you know, fancy slide. Ha <laughs> ha, you got us, you know, this is what you want us to do. Yep, I want you to get in a group. I want you to get in a group of 10 or fewer people. I want you to meet, meet weekly for a year. And yes, I'm saying that correctly, for a year, which ends up to be with breaks and all that stuff, a little over 40 or so meetings over the course of a year. And I want you to do that because that is the place 
where we grow together. You know, the church in Ephesus, more than likely, because of persecution, met in people's homes. There was probably an estimated in most of these churches, somewhere between maybe four or five homes that comprised a church of 10 or so people. And they would get together and they would pray for one another. They would help one another. They would work on parenting together. They would work on marriage together. And they would try to figure out how to mature in Christ better, to live life better. And I realize for some of you like, Taylor, that's a huge commitment, a one-year commitment. That's a big deal. And I'm not going to take away because next week, Caitlin's going to be here and she's going to preach a great message next week and give us some powerful life application for understanding why this commitment is worth it and why it is worth the time. But I just want you to know something that, or at least be aware of something you already know, is, is that in team sports, it takes commitment just as it does in the body of Christ, just as it does in the church. If you really want to go, if you really want to win, it takes a little commitment. I mean, just think of the number of practices maybe you've been to over the course of your life, the number of times you've taken your kids to a game. Think of that commitment. Don't you think you could maybe Make this a priority enough to get in a game, to go to this website, infuse.church slash groups and sign up and join a group and make that a priority. To say, I'm going to get in the game. Especially, especially my friends, listen, listen, listen. Especially in the midst of the season we're in, in this pandemic. Where maybe we can't safely gather all together, but we can gather in small groups. This is the church. You want to know how the church endured 300 plus years of persecution? Because they weren't big Sunday gatherings. That didn't happen. Look at the history books. It didn't happen until about 300 AD plus. The church endured. The church was at its best. The church awed communities. People would say, I don't get the whole Christian thing, but I love Christians. They're like the kindest, nicest, most dependable, hardworking people. I wish my, my kids would marry one. I wish I could hire more of them. How did they become such a positive influence for the first couple hundred years of the church? Why did they experience such explosive growth under extreme persecution? Because they did life together in groups every single day. That's what it meant to get in the game. It's so tempting for us to just stay in the stands, to give in to these three factors that I talked about, the comfort and entertainment, to give in to the involvement. I don't want to get involved, to give in to the win. Hey, I showed up. I bought the swag. You know, I'm part of the team. I'm rooting for you. Yeehaw. You know, that whole thing. It's easier to give in. Because there's no risk in this. There's no commitment in this. And it still feels like you're kind of a part of the team because you're rooting for it, right? But it's not enough. It's not enough because you can't win unless you get in the game. Bottom line, you can't win unless you get in the game. The people who have gone through the last year in groups will tell you, it's not been perfect. It's life. It's not perfect. But I bet you every single one of them that has made that commitment and stuck it out for the last year will say to you, I most definitely matured as an individual and in my relationship with Christ. 
I realize some of you are like, I'm not group material. There's so many excuses, but just remember this analogy of the game. Imagine if a wide receiver, imagine if a quarterback, imagine um, if a, a lineman came up and said, well, I'm not really wide receiver material. Maybe that's true. Maybe there is another role that's better for you, and that's okay, because we'll find it. But you won't know unless you get involved. For all you know, you could be the quarterback that someone else needs. You could say the words that someone else needs to hear and be the difference maker, not only in their lives, but in their kids' lives. Because you just saved them hours and hours and and years and years of fighting and distrust and mistrust that will not only define their generation, but the next generation. And you got to be a part of the solution. Why? Because you got involved. Because you were in the process of maturing in Christ and you were helping them to become equipped to serve better, to know Christ better. At the very least, if maybe you're not ready to sign up yet, at the very least, do this for me. Because ideally, I want you to sign up. But if, if, if you're not there yet, just do this. Even if you're not a Jesus follower, even if you're agnostic, atheist, and, and this is kind of a stretch for you already, just try this one thing for me. I want you to at least pray. Don't have to pray forever. Maybe just Pray for five minutes. Set a timer on your phone. Just pray for five minutes. Close your eyes. Close the door. Don't let people interrupt you. Okay, just five minutes and, and, and focus intentionally. And you just say, really simple prayer. God, should I join a small group? That's it. Just say that prayer over and over and over again. God, should I join a small group? And if he says no, guess you don't have to. However, if you feel a nudge, a little push on your conscience, a little sense that you should, then you should. Then you should sign up and you should try it. Because your spouse needs you to. Your kids need you to. Your heart needs you to. There are people that will help you, serve you, and mature you. And you will help others. You will serve others and you will mature others in their faith. And it will be a game changer. It will be a win because you got in the game. Pray that simple prayer. It's probably not going to be an audible voice, but I just want you to sense the direction you should go. And if you're not willing to pray the prayer, then ask yourself, Am I giving into the involvement factor? I don't want to pray because I know what the answer will be and I just don't want to get involved even though I know I should. Think about it. Here's your discussion questions that I hope that you will think about and at the most I hope you'll talk about with the people in the room with you right now or maybe you call up somebody else who was watching this morning and here's the question. Number one, are you more in the stands or the game and why? Are you more in the stands or the game and why? And number two, what's one thing that is keeping you from getting more in the game when it comes to your faith? If you would, bow your heads and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is a lot. There's a part of our hearts, I think, sometimes that want to try to find loopholes. We want to get out of the words of Paul. We want to get out of maybe what we're feeling right now. 
So Lord, we're going to make this really simple. Lord, I just, I just invite everyone to start that prayer right now with you. Just say, Lord, should I get in a small group? Lord, should I make that commitment? Lord, could I benefit from that? Would that be a good thing for me? Would that be a good thing for my kids? Would that be a good thing for my spouse, my friends, my employees? Lord, do I need the team that you're inviting me to be a part of? Do I need to get in the game and get off the stands? Lord, help all of us to wrestle with that, to be honest with ourselves and to then act accordingly, to take that step as we know you're leading us. In your name I pray, amen.